I'm Isabel Catalia. I'm Jaden Saunders. I'm Brianna Black. I'm Kenny Wan. And I'm Kaylin Sylvie Black. <laughs> um, so the first question is, at what point in the story did things begin to go wrong? Whose fault was this? Um, I personally don't think it's Laertes whatsoever. Or... Actually, now I think about it, I feel like all of them actually played a role, like, regardless of where, like, like it, how the story ended. Well, I think from, like, thinking of it as when I first started reading it, I think it was the ghost. Like, when the ghost first appeared, that's when things started going wrong, because the ghost is what was revealing the, um, like, the secrets, if you would say, you know? So I would blame the ghost from the first act point of view, but as we go along and finish up the play, I do believe that everybody did play a part of it. Yeah, I agree. At first, I was thinking that the ghost, since um, the ghost was really pushing Hamlet to take revenge upon um, was it, King Claudius, I think that it was a ghost's fault why the story began to go wrong. But then, I guess you could say that everybody played a certain role and part into why it actually did go wrong. I uh, think that the story's plot was like um, just how the story was uh, started with um, the king, uh, the, the the king's ghost um, going back to his son was going to cause a lot of conflict. But I believe that when um, when Hamlet kills Polonius is where all of the chaos starts and um, I feel like that's the, the breaking point of the play. Um, I was going to say that also if the ghost would have went straight to Hamlet instead of going to the guards first, I feel like it would be much different because by the ghost going to the guards first, it brings in a lot of other people into the conflict. Yeah. And if the ghost would have just went straight to Hamlet's room or just where Hamlet was by himself, then the play would have been totally different. Um, I agree with Kenny though because like I kind of thought in the beginning like I was gonna say that the ghost when he encountered Hamlet and he started telling him all these things that he like needs to like take revenge that's what, like personally what I think started all the chaos um, because once the ghost encountered um, Hamlet it kind of just like made him go insane and or like quote unquote insane um, but like now that I think about it, I feel like he didn't really take action or it didn't really affect anyone, like, truly, unless it was, like, Ophelia. But Ophelia didn't actually really do anything to, like, cause any chaos um, until, like, he actually, like, murdered um, Polonius. I wonder if um, if the ghost never came, like, would Hamlet look into his father's death or would he just assume that he was actually poisoned by a serpent? Well, they were already looking to see who killed his father. So they yeah. already knew that it wasn't actually... Well, I feel like they would have. They knew he was dead, but I don't think he would have figured out that he like had gotten poisoned, since it's yeah. the same like uh, reaction of like the poison and then someone getting bit by a serpent. I don't really know personally, but I feel like I feel like Hamlet would not have taken the ghost as serious if um who who was it that was with them? The guards saw the ghost as well. I feel like if the guards didn't see the ghost, then Hamlet think he was in his own mind instead of it him actually listening to the ghost and seeking to take this revenge. 
for the second part of the question, I feel like Laertes had to suffer through a lot because of everything. Oh, yeah. And I feel like he, like, didn't deserve to go through, like, what he had to go through, seeing his sister become crazy. Yeah. And his dad dying. I feel like Ophelia and Laertes were just, like, whatever happened from, like, Hamlet and what his actions, like, what he chose to do, it was just, like, like rippled onto them as an effect. Um, but they weren't necessarily, like, in the middle of the chaos. Like, neither was Polonius, I would say, but I feel like, like, it was just Hamlet's actions that really just caused everything else to happen. I agree. I think that, like, Laertes and Ophelia got, like, caught in the crossfire. But also, I think that Polonius kind of put himself in that situation because he was trying to do too much. And, like, in my opinion, he got himself killed because he just wanted to... I mean, like, I understand that he wants to do what's right for his daughter, but also I feel like he's being a little bit nosy and, like, putting himself in a situation where he didn't necessarily... Um, so the question is, the cause of Ophelia's death is debated in the play. Gertrude says she fell into the water. Others think she jumped and drowned. Do you think she intentionally drowned herself or was it accidental? How do you think Shakespeare intended it to be perceived? Why do you think he left room for death? Um, I, I believe that Ophelia uh, committed suicide. I feel like she intentionally drowned herself. And, um... I think that Shakespeare intended it to uh, to make it seem like she committed suicide with her being um, mentally insane um, a couple of acts and scenes before. And um, I think that he left room for doubt because, um, because of, um, like, I feel like it kind of adds a certain type of sadness into Laertes, and um, for Laertes to want to kill Hamlet even more, I feel like that's why uh, Shakespeare left his room for doubt. I agree. Okay, I agree. Um, like, there was a lot of things leading up to this point, and, like, that was driving um, Ophelia insane, and... From our project before, like where we made the poster with the sanity and sanity um, check, I believe that Ophelia would be at a five because so many things like have been happening in her life that have just like led her to like quote unquote go crazy. She just like I think that she was just over it. Like her dad was murdered by her boyfriend. Like <laughs> duh. Like yeah. So yeah, I believe that it was on purpose, and I think that he left room for doubt because like. I don't know, it could be interpreted either way, like, you could say that it was an accident, but, like, it was a good accident because she didn't want to be here anyways, or you could just say that she wanted to Yeah, and to go off of what you were saying, um, I think she did intentionally drown herself, because if you look at, like, what had happened throughout the entire story, first it was, like, Polonius was against Hamlet and trying to make her, like, feel some type of way, and she didn't want to believe it, but she knew that... She had to be with her father um, and always stay by his side rather than somebody else's. And then towards the end, you can tell that she was figuring out that like it was real because Hamlet did kill Polonius. So she thought that Hamlet uh, was actually insane. So that made her turn insane as well because that was like her closest person. And that's really it. Um. 
I just find this story really weird just because, like, the way that she drowned or, like, the way that she was perceived to be dead. Um, like, I agree with, like, what everyone had said. It's just, like, when you, like, hear it from the movie or, like, you hear it, like, in the play, she, like, says that she just floats and, like, her, like, whole entire, like, dress, like, spreads wide like a mermaid and then, like, she drowns. But, like, it's, like, such a vague, like, scene that it's, like, it leaves so much room, like you guys were saying, about, like, for doubt and, like, to see, like, if, like, she actually drowned or if she, like, you know, like, like, what actually happened, like, if it was accidental. Um, I, I kind of think, like, it was half and half just because um, I'm sure that, like, if she was driven to insanity, she couldn't really necessarily deal with it anymore. Um... But at the same time, like, the way she was, like, acting, it didn't seem like she would have wanted to commit suicide whatsoever. Like, I know she was, like, going through a lot with her dad's death. Um, but I don't know if that would necessarily be the reason that she just, like, decided, oh, I'm going to jump into the lake and escape from, like, everything. from everything. Yeah, exactly. And just, like, go into the lake and just drown. And plus, I feel like in real life, I might be, like, going way too deep in this, but, like, in real life, you, like, if you... If you're trying to intentionally drown yourself, you got to keep yourself underwater. Like, ultimately, your your body is just going to go up because it's just wanting air. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, I feel like there has to be some other factor in it. Well, like, I think maybe at first, like, she actually did fall in by accident. And then she realized, like, oh, this is my chance. Like, I can make it out if I want to. And she just didn't try to save herself. Like, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, No, yeah, it does. She, she would didn't mean to like when she got in at first she didn't mean to like die but then she was like well like there's no point i'm already in the water might as well just go and continue on yeah she had some regretful thoughts i, I feel like i feel like shakespeare was really intelligent to leave the room for doubt oh yeah definitely and to like make it kind of like a, a white spot of like what um of like being able to uh, perceive it in different directions. Yeah. Okay, so in 1596, at the age of 11, Shakespeare's only son, Hamnet, died. Assuming Shakespeare had personal experience with grief and the relationship between a father and his son, what does this play say about his later attitude about three to five years later when he wrote the play? So I think that this play kind of shows like the relationship either the relationship that Shakespeare wish he has with his son where like if someone killed me you better go back and kill them for me <laughs> or <laughs> a relationship that he I don't know if I said wish or has first but that he wishes that he had with his son so like maybe the way that um Shakespeare writes the play Hamlet how the brother killed King Hamlet Maybe Shakespeare is like saying that him and his son have that type of relationship and they would do anything for each other. And yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, um, I agree with that. I think that um, he's also still kind of mourning his son like after so many years. I mean, like I wouldn't expect like a father to be like 100% okay, even like after like five years or however long, because it's like you're losing a child. Um, but I personally think that it's just like the way like like, his son died at such a young age. He, like, died at 11. And then, like, 
his grief and like his sorrow was probably like poured into Hamlet and like the rest of his plays because a lot of his plays are like tragedies so it's like it all ends in like death and I feel like the main character like dying in Shakespeare's um plays kind of like symbolizes his son who was kind of like you know like his world and everything so it's like the main character dying like kind of resembles that mm-hmm. I agree I feel like it's interesting to see that um we we don't really see uh Ham Hamlet and Claudius like inner no uh a Hamlet and the ghost really interact throughout the play and I feel like that kind of uh reflects like Shakespeare and the time that he had with his son maybe they didn't really get to uh experience a lot with each other and I feel like that um that kind of played part in the play and I feel like um Shakespeare was uh grieving over his son's death and um just kind of showing us like the sadness that he was going through during this period of time um I think that this entire play really shows the relationship between a father and a son, um, especially from like uh, Shakespeare's perspective since his son did die. Um, I think probably his son was exactly how Hamlet was, you know, just being that obedient son, listening to his father. And I think that's what, uh, ha- or not Hamlet, Shakespeare was trying to uh, portray the story of Hamlet. But um, I think his attitudes were like he was still in grief, grievingness, like everybody said. Um, so it just made the play like even more sentimental towards uh, Shakespeare. Um, Jaden, you and your dad have like a really good relationship. Do you think that like? Do you think that Shakespeare portrays a father-son relationship? Like, as of, like, today's relationship with your dad, you know? Does that make sense? Someone yeah. Put yeah. Words. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it does. But the way that, like, the play Hamlet was was a little bit, like, too far, I think. <laughs> um, I do believe that, like, if anything did happen to my father, then I would be in Hamlet's shoes and I would want to know what would happen. I don't know if I would take uh, revenge, like, right like away. Action, yeah. I don't know if I would take action for it. But, yeah, it is similar to how a father and son's relationship is nowadays. I feel like he kind of, like, writes these stories, like, especially, like, Hamlet, to kind of, like, like, relive, like, the whole entire experience in a sense. Like, it's just, like, his way of, like, how he grieves for his son. Um, But it's just, like, I feel like he just puts, like, all of his, like, personal experience, like, in it. Like, and just changes, like, the characters' names and stuff. Um, But it's definitely, like... It's very much related to, like, what he personally went through, especially if it's, like, three to five years, like, after, like, he died, so. I think that also, these are also, like, things that he wishes he could have done with his son, in a way, like, there's always, like, a secret meaning to something, so maybe not, like, he wishes his son would have killed someone, but just maybe, like, experiences he wishes that he would have gone through with his um, the question is, has anyone seen The Lion King? It is loosely based on Hamlet. Compare and contrast the two stories. What is the same? What is different? How do changes in characters' relationship, like Timon and Pumbaa acting as loyal best friends instead of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern only pretending to be loyal, affect the meaning and feeling of the story? So, a summary for The Lion King, the most basic way is that there is a king 
of the animal kingdom. Forgot his name, but he's a king lion. And he has a son named Simba. The king also has a brother. And the brother is not as, like, well-known or popular as the king. So the brother throws off the king lion off of a cliff. The lion dies. The king lion dies. And the brother takes over the animal kingdom. While this is all happening, Simba, which is the first king's son, meets Timon and Pumbaa. And they're his loyal best friends, and they help him along his journey to, like, become king. Because technically, he's next in line to be king. But this is different than in Hamlet, because Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are Hamlet's best friends. Quotes, best friends. But they're more loyal to King Claudius than they are to Hamlet. So, that's something that's different. Um... I personally think that it's, like, the death, too. Like, the way that, like, they portrayed, like, the death. It was more about, like... I don't know if it was the same, but I feel like both were, like... Um, both were out of acts of jealousy. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, like, King Claudius and Hamlet... Like, he killed his um, brother out of, I think, like, just pure, like, jealousy and just wanting what he had. Um, because, like... Similar to, like, how, like, Mufasa and, like, his brother, like, they, like, just, like, kind of didn't, like, they weren't, like, lined up with the same, like, values and anything. Um, they had completely different lifestyles. That was the same thing with, um, King Hamlet and then King Claudius. Um, and I feel like both, like, were just, like, rash ways to just, like, kill the other. It wasn't necessarily out of good reason. It was just because they wanted to have a certain lifestyle and to have what the other didn't. So... Um, Timon and Pumbaa acting as loyal best friends is really a game changer when compared to Rosencrantz and Guildenstern because I think that if Rosencrantz and Guildenstern were truly like loyal to uh, Hamlet, I think his his mind wouldn't go as far as what it did. You know, like they could help him and he wouldn't go as insane as what he was. Yeah, uh, building off of what Jaden said, I definitely agree. And I feel that um, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern being loyal to the um, to the king and queen kind of uh, shows how alone Hamlet was at this time. And although he had uh, Horatio by his side through a lot of the time, I feel like I feel like, um, as, as Jaden said, Hamlet could have used some friends like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern to just clear up his mind. I think also that both of them show that people would do anything for power and like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern they just wanted to feel like royalty and like they were like living in the castle for a little bit so people will do anything even that means like stabbing their best friend in their back killing their brother for a little bit of power a little bit of like royalty be at the top from where they are before um, I think, like, both both stories are pretty similar to each other, like, very loosely, though, like, how the, like, plot goes. I think the only real, like, big difference is that not everyone dies at the end of The Lion King. And then, like, at, um, at the end of Hamlet, like, all the main characters die. Like, pretty much everyone is punished for some kind of reason. Um, but I feel like The Lion King, like, it's... Um, I don't know if there's a better way to say this, but it's, like, more like all the quote-unquote like good characters like survive um besides the yeah besides the king um 
um, rather than like in Hamlet where like every single one of them is just dead for a different reason. And I also think that uh, both stories or The Lion King and Hamlet show how uh, your brain or your conscience is your biggest strength and also your biggest weakness. I agree. Thank you for coming to our TED Talk.